This episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page Homeschool Curriculum, How Children Want to Learn. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number 51. In this episode, the moms answer the question, can you homeschool and work outside of the home by talking to three working moms that are actually doing it? <laughs> Mom, where's my glasses? Honey, where's my glasses? Mom, can I have a drink? Why is the dog wearing a tutu? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and we're, we're the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So, Tina, what's the time code this week? Skip to the end of our chit chat. 14 minutes, 42 seconds. And what have you guys been up to since the last time we recorded? Well, I am seriously enjoying this crisp, cold weather. Yeah, it's so nice. Yes, I know those of you guys out there in like Maine and Canada and whatever are going, that's not cold. I think what we've had it in the 40s, 50s. Yeah, it's not been too bad. Days um, During the day, I think it's like 50s and it's going down to like, I think maybe 30s at night. I'm not sure exactly. I don't usually pay attention to the temperature at night, but um, it's nice because, you know, Fresno doesn't get that cold, so. I enjoy winter in Fresno. This is one of the few times a year I don't complain about Fresno. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, loving that. And that when it, when I like the weather, it makes my mood better. So that's kind of nice. Yes. Um, loving uh, that we got started again on ERCLC classes. For those who haven't haven't uh, listened to us long enough to know what that means, that's our <laughs> that's our homeschool charter that Becky and I take our kids to enrichment classes at. So that's really fun that we got started on that again with a whole new semester of fun classes. They've got some cool ones this year too. Um, they're doing uh, that, what's it called? What they call in the animals one where they're sewing little animals. Maven was excited about that one. It's a Wednesday class, so I don't know. Oh, that's right. You don't go on Wednesdays. Um, yeah, so they're like doing a sewing class and they're doing a, um, the typical drama and music and I'm forgetting right now. I have a migraine today, so my brain's not clear. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um, Tieran started taking his music classes again. Those started up again. I wish that they didn't start at the same time. I wish they didn't overlap. I would have liked it if they'd spaced out a little bit. But, eh, they yeah. don't. So he's got his community classes where he gets to sing and plays. They play xylophone and other uh, percussion instruments and guitar in that one. And then they'll have a performance at the end. And then... He started his We Got the Beat um, Adventures in Drumming again, which is uh, just percussion instruments. They don't do any singing in there. And he loves both of them pretty much equally because he gets to do different things in each class. And that's really fun. There'll be a performance at the end of that again, too. Cool. So he's having fun getting started with that again because they haven't done that since late November, early December, I think. Early December, I think, was when it ended. Oh, and I got my 2015 Create Your Shining Year Life Plus Biz Workbook from, uh, what the heck's her name? Leon, Leonie? Dawson. Dawson, thank you. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's um, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. As uh, I think I've mentioned before, I'm a huge Sark fan. And so when I discovered um, Leonie, who's very similar in, in her um, uplifting, you know, uh, self-help type motivation posts and books and such um, and she's an artist that does all these bright colorful drawings or paintings usually I think it's usually paintings but also drawings um, in her in her materials I'm like super 
happy to have discovered her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like her a lot. Um, don't really like all of her videos and stuff. She's a little too hippy dippy for me and over the top. <laughs> a lot of other stuff, but this workbook that I just got, I filled it out already. I actually went through the whole thing and filled it out. We'll see. If Amazing. I know. I had, That's like never happened. I had her 2013 one, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really cool. I hear they're the same. I think she just repackages it with a different date, which is, I don't think there's a problem. Like there's people complaining about that online. I'm like, why you do the same thing? Like, it's not a bad thing to do the same thing year after year because it's going to change year after year and you can compare them and see what you can do differently. Like, I don't think that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, I love it. I'm having a blast with it. So I'll have to post a picture to it in the show notes because it's, it's a beautiful book. Um, filling it in with my purple pen. I got a bunch of purple pens for Christmas because my gel pens are always running out and I always use purple. (laughs) (laughs) That was really fun. Um, And it's supposed to help kind of, you know, cement your ideas of what you want to do and what you need to accomplish and what you need to improve upon and stuff. So we'll see how it goes. I've actually, it's made me do a lot of thinking, which I really love. So it's awesome. Uh, let's see, we're getting our stations back on track. As, uh, as I think I've mentioned, we've been pretty much off track for the last couple of months, only doing a little bit here and there, but um, starting to get back on track again. Um, so our stations were here and there. They were, I mean, they weren't. it wasn't like they completely disappeared, and they still work well, and both kids say that they enjoy them. Um, I just hadn't, hadn't been rebooting things as much as... I hadn't really needed to, though, honestly, because, like, the Create Station my kids are coming up with stuff all the time. In fact, now they started at Minecraft homeschool again, and now their create station lately has just been Minecraft homeschool. They don't want to do anything else. They just want to do Minecraft homeschool. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> you got that covers create and play. <laughs> <laughs> so go for it. And uh, so that's, that's really fun. And, um, and then we started, started finally doing traveling through history with Dr. Who. So we watched the Pompeii episode and we watched that Pompeii documentary i guess you'd call it the one that you told me about on oh Netflix. yeah wasn't it awesome oh it's awesome it was very good very good um and we are probably going to do a couple of probably we'll mainly do the minecraft build <laughs> <laughs> there's like a couple of different things in that in the file that you can use to supplement your pompeii learning and um i haven't been super impressed with the links so far but i've only looked at the pompeii lesson so far so um and uh and the, the Minecraft idea is pretty cool, so we'll see mm-hmm. see where that goes. I'm not gonna I'm probably not gonna dive too deeply into it because we got enough stuff that we're doing. So, um, and the kids have been very motivated lately to get work done because they got the game Terraria for Christmas, um, which I know your family is very familiar with. Yes, <laughs> they love it. It's kind of like a uh, sort of similar in the fact that uh, to Minecraft in the fact that it, you're building, although the graphics are totally different, but Lots yeah, of building. I don't understand the the draw of that like eight bit really mm-hmm. just you know, it's not it's not even a pretty game, but my no. kids are completely obsessed with it. Yeah, my kids too, and, and they're they're only allowed to play it when, when daddy's home because it's a game that he wants to share with them so they don't get advanced beyond his skill level and then he can't keep up with them, so they're only allowed to play when he's home, which means that they have to do they have to get their work done in order to be able to um, to play with daddy and so that's been really motivating them lately which is really nice um i know it won't last forever so i'm enjoying it while we have it right <laughs> <laughs> Eunice will wear off eventually 
Um, and then I and I actually just found a uh, a PDF file that's a Terraria star story starter recently. I think it's the same lady who does the um, traveling through history with Doctor Who. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's just like a little page that has a picture, a Terraria graphic on the top, and then you know lines on the bottom. I think it's not like big complicated or a fancy thing but yeah. um but i thought that's a cool idea i don't see maven probably won't she's not interested in drawing in uh or in writing fiction but tiran might actually get into doing some kind of a story about what his what his player character what do you call them are they called characters in the game i don't know no idea this person in the game is doing i don't know <laughs> anyway that was kind of cool um let's see oh i know i've talked many times in the past about using this home routines app for my iphone and i've used it off and on over the years and i'm back on track again with this lately and it has really been a life changer i'm seriously um doing really well with it and very happy it my everything just seems to be working better lately it's like wow finally <laughs> so i've actually went in and revisited all my routines and revamped them and tweaked them so that they work um to my, our current situation um and it's yeah it's going really really well the home routines app is my is a life changer for me mm-hmm. um and then um, I created a new Facebook group for um, this experience-based learning that I have talked about on the show before with my stations and such, where we're doing, um, we're basing our homeschooling around, for people who haven't read the article yet, the link will be in the show notes, um, uh, basing our homeschooling around getting certain experiences like reading and writing and playing and creating and that kind of thing instead of basing it around science and history and math and that kind of thing. Um, I created a Facebook group so that we can talk about it because there's been quite a few people that have messaged me or text or not texted (laughs) (laughs) messaged me or emailed me um, saying that this is like been a a fabulous idea and they're really excited to try it and stuff. And so I thought it'd be a fun place to be able to bounce ideas off of each other. So that's been really cool. We've actually got quite a few members over there now. Awesome. See where it takes us. Um, So basically just overall things are just going a heck of a lot better around here. (laughs) Very Just cool. really nice to be able to actually say that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with you guys? Well, we missed the first ERCLC class because Danny has been sick. Um, yeah. She had a head cold and it sort of moved down into her chest. And um, thankfully, none of the rest of us have gotten it. So far, we've managed, fingers crossed, uh, knocking on wood. Um, mm. So far, we've all managed not to, to catch it. Um, and she's finally on the mend. So um, it looks like we will be in school tomorrow. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be nice. We're going to be uh, bringing Saren with us, one of our friends. Um, we'll pick up her daughter and take her with us, too. So Saren will also be in class with us. Excited about that. Um, we started reading the first Hank Zipser book. I uh, mentioned that in the last episode. Oh, right. Yeah, the Henry Winkler book. And um, I had mentioned that I would come back and talk to you guys about it. And um, the font is so interesting. I wish there was a way I could like put a maybe I could put a picture of it. Uh-huh. So you can see it because the font in it is really interesting. I've never seen a book that was printed with a font like that. Oh. And um it's a special font that's made to be easier for dyslexic children to read. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it looks like. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting. I'm um I'm jazzed about it. it. See what it looks like on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can if you can find a, a picture with a link um, Lexi font. 
Yeah, please put it, uh, add it to the show notes for me so that yeah. um, other people can see it. Otherwise, I'll take a picture of the, one of the pages of the book and put it in. Um, um, so far, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm having trouble getting him to read an entire chapter in a sitting because he wants to read like two or three pages and then be done because there's, um, this is really our first endeavor into chapter books. Mm-hmm. Previous to this, he's only read like the easy readers um, and the like DK readers and stuff like that that are pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um but we're working on it, and we're we're getting through it, so it's pretty cool. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's almost rogue time. So those of you who have been listening to the show for a while know what that means. For those of you who are new to the show, the Rogue Festival is an independent arts festival that goes on here in Fresno every year in the spring. And I am in charge of all of their online presence. I take care of their website, all their social media and everything. So about three quarters of my brain is allotted to them until uh, the middle of March. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so that leaves a quarter left for, you know, teaching Savvy Homeschool Moms and Pandia Press, which <laughs> yeah. is hopefully will be enough. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Every year I manage to get out the other side and go, I didn't do too bad. So yeah. hopefully this year will be the same. <laughs> Not as bad as Baby Fest was. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't think it's quite as bad as Baby Fest because most yeah, of the people I work with with Rogue know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. And that's what I said. Not as bad. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said almost as bad. My apologies. No, not as bad. <laughs> yeah, not as bad. Yeah, because <laughs> the cool thing about the people at Rogue is that you know they're the artists, especially they're they're professionals at this stuff. You know, most of them, not all of them, but most of them. Oh yeah, and, we were making up as we went along for Baby Fest. <laughs> right. Right. That was a, an event Becky and I used to plan for. We did six years. Do we do six years? Of I think we did six years. Yeah. Heavens. Yeah, it was a big event that we did here locally. So. <laughs> It was awesome. It was. It was an amazing event. It just took up our entire lives for like three or four months. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, I finally got my van fixed. I'm so Yay! excited. I've been without a car for like, what, three months? Mm. My own oh, wow. car. I mean, I, I had access to to the, we have a two car, we're a two car family, but unfortunately that car would go to work with Dean and then we would have nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, of course we got it back just in time for Danny to get sick. So we haven't really gone all that many places. <laughs> yeah, <right. but laughs> um, it, I'm glad to have it back because it, it was a pain in the patootie not having a car. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I have to thank my husband for getting that fixed for me because um, I don't know. It's it's hard to live without a car. I I take my hat off to people who are a one car family. <laughs> I know it's amazing how much you rely on it until it's gone. Exactly, exactly. So now we'd like to give some time to our sponsors. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects and activities, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. And by Math Mammoth. The math curriculum all the savvy homeschool kids are using. Math Mammoth offers affordable, high-quality mastery-based work texts and workbooks for grades 1 through 7. Our moms love that it fosters independent learning since the work texts are nearly self-teaching, requiring very little teacher preparation. 
Check out free samples and placement tests and learn more at mathmammoth.com. Click buy at Coggy and enter the code SAVVYMOMS to save 25% off your order. This episode also sponsored by Pandia Press, publishers of comprehensive science and history curriculum. We love the hands-on labs incorporated into Real Science Odyssey and the fun projects that we do with History Odyssey. Pandia Press offers a fantastic try before you buy on their website so you can see how the program works for yourself. Visit pandiapress.com for more information. So today we have for you some interviews with some moms that are homeschooling while working outside of the home. We get questions asked of us from time to time, and we try to build a show around these questions when we can. So um, the question has been asked of how do you work outside the home and homeschool? So recently when this question came up, we asked our Facebook group if there were any work-out-of-the-home moms that might be interested in being interviewed by us and to help us answer this question. We got three. So without any further ado, here are our interviews with Kristen, Pam, and Alexis. Okay, so today we have Kristen with us. Welcome, Kristen. Welcome, thank you. Hi. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family, like your children and their ages and grades, um, and where you live? Okay, well, we live in O'Fallon, Illinois, which is kind of a southern Illinois county. Um, I have two children. Oh, I have one husband. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Only one? (laughs) I had a couple. <laughs> um, but we have two children. One is a seven-year-old girl. Her name is Caitlin. Um, she's, I guess, technically end of second grade, getting ready to move into third. Mm-hmm. And a three-year-old boy named William, who's obviously preschool age. So we have a Will and a Kate. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> um, and um, like I said, we live in the O'Fallon area, which is kind of cold, but it's real close to St. Louis. So there's lots of entertainment and things to do down in the Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri area. Very nice. Cool. So how long have you guys been homeschooling? I guess we're at the end, at the end of our second year right now, getting ready to go into the third year within the next maybe month or two at the most. Um, and I t- typically, Caitlin is my sole homeschooled child I do a little bit with William but obviously he's three so it's yeah. kind of play and learn rather than structural stuff but right right so you've been homeschooling from the beginning too just like us yeah I actually I did have a year of public school oh. before I decided to homeschool so it's okay. kind of a weird situation that happened but <laughs> that, that leads perfectly right into the next question is why did you choose to homeschool Oh, and I'm sure like everybody else, it's a nice long answer. Yeah, Um, sure. That's fine. Well, I I actually had, since she was about three, I, when I started to think about schooling, I had just that kind of discontent, a a little bit of fear about what would happen when she did go into public school, because that's where I assumed I would take her. I mean, I was public school and my sister and all of my friends. So I just had this kind of anxiety about Mm -hmm. the of giving her to somebody else for eight hours a day and then bringing her home, cooking dinner, doing homework, putting her to bed, and starting the process all over again in the morning. Oh, sure. I really wasn't getting to know her. So. Mm-hmm. It really worried me and I was uncomfortable for a few years and then we just took her and put her into public school for kindergarten. She had just turned five when she started kindergarten and it got worse. 
and I know everybody is anxious when they go into public school for the first time with their children, but I was extremely upset. And I had a really hard time dealing with the, not the separation, but more the lack of, of knowing what she does every day, understanding what she's learning or how she's learning it. As an educator myself, I had a really hard time getting a packet full of worksheets and trying to figure out what her day looked like. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just, I can't imagine how parents can comprehend everything that comes home in that folder at the end of the day and try to help with homework, especially with common core and all of its crazy math. I <laughs> can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so the discontent built and then a, mel- a multitude of other things happened. Um, the school, which is the best school in our area, quote unquote, <laughs> going through major drama with fund removal and pulling out everything but math, science, and literature, which hmm. was really frustrating. Yeah. And um, she had a little bit of bullying on the bus, and she's quite the pleaser, so she tends to just go with what everybody else wants and doesn't talk about her feelings very much. And so I didn't really know about much of it until a little bit later on in the, in the year. Oh. And it just compiled, and that was what made me start the research on homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So what educational philosophy do you follow, if any? Well, I'm, I know you're probably referring to the traditional homeschool philosophies, and I don't really have one. I, mm-hmm. I guess if I had to follow a philosophy, like most people would be eclectic, just because it oh, is sure. what most people tend to do. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. However, I, I, as a teacher, because I'm a college professor, I have my own teaching philosophy that I've written and um, developed over the years. Mm. Wow. I guess if I had to summarize it and and make it really short in a sentence or two, I would say that it's all about adaptation and being able to adapt to not only what you're teaching, how you're teaching it, when you're teaching it, um, adapt to the year, adapt to the month, adapt to the second if need be, and Uh obviously adapt to the child. And so I have a very, it's very long, but that's the simplest way to explain how I would use my book. Be. Yeah. Very cool. So, do you use any sort of a plan or a planner for your homeschooling? Yeah, I actually do. I don't use anything that's geared specifically to homeschooling, but I go to Walgreens or Walmart. And you know how you can print off those, or not print off, but have made those bound planners? Oh, uh huh. Mm-hmm. You can get the picture. I get that full picture with Caitlin on the front or with William if I was doing something specific with him. <laughs> and and I'll do a daily or a weekly planner. I used to try to plan longer, but my schedule is absolutely insane. And every week is different. So I plan every day night. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it changes. And I always use pencil because there's no way that it's yeah. going to be the same. got to be able to erase. So. Right, right. So this one is probably going to be a little different for you since you do work full time. But we'll get to that. Um, are you involved with any local homeschooling groups? I am. I was involved with a big metro. It's called Metro East Secular Homeschoolers. I was involved with them for a long time. Uh And they're a group, but they're really huge. So you never saw all the same people. Oh, yeah. And I really kind of hated that because I wanted her to know somebody or multiple someones that were children that were also homeschooled, but the same people on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hard to develop a relationship with if you don't see them all the time. Yeah, if you see one every couple of months or yeah. once or twice a year, it's there's no friendship being developed. Yeah. So 
I actually ended up going to one of those events. It was like a, it was a play date outside at one point. And a couple of the families that live in the local area, we all just started that same conversation about, we don't have anybody we see regularly. Uh-huh. And so now we have a very small homeschool group of six families that we see once a week, maybe twice. It just depends on the situation, but we see them much more regularly. It's fantastic. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about your work? Yeah, I am a full-time college professor uh, in Southern Illinois. I teach, actually, I'm just now getting into a new schedule where I'll be teaching four days a week instead of five, which is fantastic. But I was teaching every day, um, five days a week. I am a public speaking teacher, so I teach. Wow. Yeah, it's a fun class that everybody loves. (laughs) (laughs) But I teach mostly public speaking, but I teach other courses like public relations and uh, interpersonal communication. I do a lot of online teaching and course development. Um, I do a lot of uh, editing work like you were talking about, but I haven't used Skype very much. I can't believe that as a public relations teacher. I can't believe I've not used Skype regularly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, now you have. <laughs> now I know. But it's uh, it's mostly a um, a traditional teaching job, and I love it. It's fantastic. I love working with students. I'm a bit of a homebody now that I am working with a bunch of 18-year-olds all the time because they take a lot out of me. Uh-huh. I want to go party anywhere. I just want to go watch a movie. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Chinese. So is it like a, like a nine-to-five Monday yeah. to Friday? not. It's actually very, very flexible. The best part about it is I get to pick my schedule. So I do teach very, very long days on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But on Mondays and Wednesdays, I get home at about one in the afternoon. And then now I, I we have with our new teaching contract, I'm able to be off on Fridays, which is fantastic. Nice. And, field trip day. Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> In addition to that, that's just fall and spring. I do have large breaks over the winter, and then I have a spring break, obviously. And then I teach only online in the summers, which is awesome. Very, very cool. cool. Very flexible. Yeah, that's awesome. I love public speaking. I took speech and argument and debate and all of that in college. Had so much fun. Tell you probably would like that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of my thing. (laughs) So can you tell us, uh, knowing that no homeschooler has a typical homeschool day, can you tell us what a typical homeschool day would look like for you and how you accomplish working full-time while still homeschooling? Absolutely. Uh, So Caitlin and William go to the schools almost like a childcare center while I'm at work. So I take them there. It's very low cost, so it really helps a lot. And they're on campus with me. Uh, if they don't do that, my parents also own a school. It's a like up up through kindergarten, so it's an infant to kindergarten school. It's a private school. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. um, and they own one. And so they go there one day a week on the Thursdays that I'm busy. Uh, but basically, they'll do some of the independent stuff like worksheets or math practice or spelling practice, things like that, while they're in the school. And then they'll come home with me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I school year round because of that schedule. But on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we'll do all of our school in the afternoon and early evening, and then sometimes field trips and things like that on Saturdays or Sundays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, we use a lot of uh, some of the stuff that you guys have talked about, like Math Mammoth. We've used a lot of their work texts, and we've used uh, which she can take to the child care center. And then we 
use some of the online tools, which helps with a little bit more independent work for her so that I can manage the workload. But we do a lot of activities and reading, tons and tons of reading at home. Yeah. So it sounds like you're able to, to work your um, your hours very nicely around. Like That's like the perfect job to have for, for homeschooling, it sounds like. <laughs> exactly. My, my family, when I first brought up the idea, they were thinking, how can you work full time and homeschool? That doesn't even make sense. And I said... Well, actually, I wrote a 17-page paper and sent that. <laughs> <laughs> Typical oh, college like, professor, huh? <laughs> exactly. But after that, I summarized my thoughts. <laughs> put a little too long, didn't read at the end. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to see if they really were paying attention when they read the 17 pages. <laughs> Short three-question quiz that'll make up 40% of your grade. <laughs> Does, how does the um, well obviously the one daycare you use is your parents so that's one that's not a problem I imagine now that you've won them over right <laughs> what about the other daycare what do they think because now your daughter's going to be getting older and older obviously she's older than the rest of the kids there yeah she's actually older than all of them except for when they have off days you know where the schools are closed and they the the students that are attending who oh, have children right. they bring them in um, they actually seemed kind of weirded out at first. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do with this big kid? Yeah. You'll have to change her diaper. <laughs> I, um, I had to say, and I'm not, it's, this is not a parent's just trying to bolster their child. I mean, my, my son is your typical three-year-old boy. He's a bit crazy and he drives people nuts, you know, you know, he's a normal <laughs> three-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. My daughter, however, is an angel in human form. She's, she's like the, the perfect child, the perfect little helper to have in one of those places and she has just captured their hearts and they nice. get very sad when she's gone over the summer. So Aww, well, that's perfect. Yeah, I was just gonna say as she gets older you could definitely instead of calling it daycare for her, just that's her little job. <laughs> exactly. That was the plan when she goes to my parents' school to actually do some art projects with the kids at the school. So. Oh, that's great. And count that as part of their her homeschooling. That's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Learning some leadership skills. <laughs> Okay, so what advice would you offer someone who works full-time and would like to homeschool their children? There's a lot of parents that we hear from all over the Internet saying, I'd like to homeschool, but I'm not sure how to make it work. Right. I guess the first thing is don't don't allow yourself to have excuses like I don't have the patience. or mm. the t- I, re- I really I feel when parents say stuff like that, especially the patience one, uh, you know, they say, I don't have the patience to do that because I said that. Because I am a yeah. high, you know, kind of intense personality and I get frustrated really easily. But going back to my teaching philosophy on basically on adaptation, even with your personality, if it clashes with your child or if things are just not working for you at the moment, be okay with adapting. Mm-hmm. Make it work for both of you, not just your child and not just you. It has to be something that you can do together and to do well. And if that's a little bit more independent learning, then do a little bit more independent learning. If it's learning through biographies for history instead of learning through a textbook, then do that. Whatever works for your family. It blows my mind what she's learned Mm -hmm. with how many times we've changed things. Every week is different. Curriculum has changed. It still is incredibly successful. She's seven and reading Harry Potter perfectly. Oh, wow. Yeah, she, she can do 
a ton of things and that's all her, you know, it's us adapting to each other. Mm-hmm. Adaptation all yeah. around. <laughs> so what about specifically about the work situation for people? Yeah. Uh, well, it does fit there, I guess, as well, being able mm-hmm. to finagle back and forth and being okay with changing things and not feeling guilty if one week you have a really tough work week and I'm the chair of two committees and I have meetings with my department chair all the time. And sometimes that all happens in one week. And if you have to throw it all out the window that one week, then throw it all out the window that one week. Don't get frustrated. Don't get stressed because it will turn around and you'll find um you'll find a better situation or you'll make up for that later on. And you'll be surprised at how much they learn throughout the year, even when things don't go perfectly from week to week. Right. 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 Yeah. And I guess it's, it's going to be really specific on each person's situation anyway, because the work is going to be different. Yeah. And it's, there are so many different tools. I don't know about where everybody else lives, but for me personally, there's so many different places that you can, Take your child while you're working, just depending upon your situation. Um, I guess if you're working eight or nine hours a day, you're going to have your traditional, normal uh, child care center or something like that that you, you would have to take them to, or grandparents if need be. But there's things like the little gym here in our area does camps half days every day. You huh. can do things like that if need be, or do a, we have, um, for preschool ages, they have the preschool for all, which is free preschool for three hours in the morning. If you need to work, um, for a couple hours, or if you need to work from home without the children running around, there are other tools. You just have to look really hard to find them sometimes. Yeah. 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 I know, uh, uh, my next door neighbor is uh, a homeschooler and, um, well, a future homeschooler and, um, her kids are almost three and one right now <laughs> and her um, husband was homeschooled as well and they managed to like alternate their work schedules for a while until she was able to come home like there was always one of them home with the kids that seems to work pretty well for some people do you have a situation like that too with I don't now but I did um, my husband is a full-time electrician and then he also goes to school right now he doesn't ah. have his degree so he's doing that. And we, at the time, we did have flip-flop schedules, so we didn't ever have to pay for child care or anything like that. But it's not the case now. He's, he's full-time instead of part-time, so it's a lot harder. But that is a very awesome option, if not with your husband, with your sibling or a yeah, friend, some... neighbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only bummer, I think, is how often do you actually get to see her? It's like, bye, hi, bye. <laughs> like, you know, right. you see each other very often. But, but it's usually, you know, it seems like most families are able to, that's like a short period of time and, and life changes as the kids get older. Yeah. And a lot of places, I know that my sister works at a big company and a lot of places, they'll do some like telecommuting or allowing you to work from home one day a week if you just ask. Right. If you, if you make the point, and the point has to be how you're going to benefit them by doing it. Sure. <laughs> benefits you. But if you tell them how it will benefit them and you present the ideas in, in a well thought out persuasive manner, mm-hmm. it could work. They, they might be able to work with your schedule, changing hours or something like that. Right. Yeah. You never know until you ask. Yeah. I think my husband was talking about doing that with his work instead of working um, five, eight hour days to work four, 10 hour days and then mm-hmm. off on one of the days to be able to help. Not sure yeah. if he's into it, but <laughs> yeah, there's so many different options out there. Yeah, it's amazing nowadays, and there's so many um, like 
work at home type stuff nowadays too. So there's just like the options are like infinite out there now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I think that pretty much covers it. Do you have anything else that you wanted to share with us, Kristen? I think so. I think your your podcast is fantastic, and I actually used it as a source citation in my 17-page paper. Oh, my! <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been really wonderful. I know we get questions all the time about working out of the home and, and homeschooling, and I, I know I've heard all over Facebook of lots of people that have done it, so it's really nice to actually be able to speak with somebody to find out how it actually looks. Yes. So thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So now we have Alexis. Welcome, Alexis. Hi there. Hi. We're so glad to have you with us today. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family, your children, their ages or grades, and where you live? Sure. Um, I am out in New Jersey, uh, about 20 minutes outside New York City. Um, I have a 15-year-old son who um, is special needs and he goes to a wonderful private school. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a 13 year old, or almost 13, should be 13 on Thursday, on 15, um, daughter. And I have a three year old daughter also. Um, oh. And the 13 year old is homeschooled and the three year old is in a little play program twice a week. Okay, awesome. So how long have you guys been homeschooling? This is actually only our second year. Ah. So we are still pretty new. Okay. Exciting. It is. Yes. So why did you choose to homeschool? Uh, I had wanted to for a really long time. Um, but we were pretty, my daughter actually did really well in the public schools and uh, was enjoying them. And then she went from the elementary school to our middle schools here starting fifth grade. And it just wasn't as good of a fit. Um, they have a lot of problems with principals leaving, and she just wasn't, you know, happy in the school. She knew that I had always been interested in homeschooling and that it was always an option, so she asked to at the end of fifth grade, and so we started when she started sixth grade. Awesome. Wonderful. And what educational philosophy do you follow, if any? Um, we're definitely eclectic. Um, <laughs> You know, a little bit of kind of leaning towards unschooling, even though I don't think that was my original plan. Um, (laughs) I definitely learned really quickly that I had to be much more uh, flexible than I had pictured uh, what I was going to be like. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you use any sort of a a plan or a planner or you just kind of go with the flow? Oh, no, actually, we're super into my planner. I use Ah. the... um, the one from Homeschool Planet uh, that's online. Oh, is that Planet like with an IT? Or is it uh, Planet with ET? Why? No, I feel like I've seen... It's oh, it is one, ET. Um, the Homeschool Buyers Co-op one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and that because I can put everything on it. So it has like my work schedule on it and then all the kids stuff can go around that. So I make sure that we're not you know doubling up on anything. Um, oh. So that's why I love that one because you can have everything. Very cool. So are you involved in any local homeschooling groups? Uh, I am, yeah. We have uh, actually a ton of homeschooling out here and Mm -hmm. um, a lot of really wonderful groups. Um, I do uh, one that's just kind of random meetups. Um, That's a really big group. I think it's like 300 families or more than that. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, and then there's a smaller one that's more local. Um, actually, there's two local ones that uh, we're involved in also that are a lot smaller. They're more like, you know, like 10, 15 families or so. Oh, sure. So closer friendships kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So can you tell us about your work? Uh, sure, yeah. I work at a um, small... A toy store slash bookstore that's um, actually based off of a Waldorf school that we have in the area. Oh, very cool. It's really, it's like the greatest place I've ever worked. <laughs> um, and I work there um, four days a week. And then one day a week, there is a writer's space slash maker space slash bookstore <laughs> that I also work at. Oh, awesome. Those are yes. sounds like some really fun jobs. <laughs> It really, they're terrific. I love it. Even if, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I can stay home. I don't have to work. I would still want to work at these places. They're yeah. So nice. <laughs> do you do a lot of customer service, that kind of thing there? Yeah. Um, I mean, the um, bookstore, it's definitely, uh, or the makerspace slash bookstore one, um, <laughs> is more, because it's a place where people come in and they can write or they can use the makerspace. So it's more just welcoming people. And, mm-hmm. you know, checking in and out and that sort of thing. It's less of the actual book selling. The other, uh, the Waldorf store is, you know, selling the toys. We have like an online store too. And then, um, you know, helping with the bookstores and all that sort of stuff. Ah, very fun. Cool. And so we know there's no such thing as like a typical homeschool day, but can you tell us what a typical homeschool day looks like for you and how you accomplish your homeschooling goals while still working outside the home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, This was probably one of the things that was harder to work out. Um, Mm -hmm. But what we do is I work afternoons and evenings. So um, we're up not early. No one in this house rises. (laughs) (laughs) We can relate. (laughs) By about nine or so, we're trying to get out of bed. Um, And then (laughs) we make make sure that from nine um, to... Uh, not nine, nine is still waking up time, but from 10 to one, we dedicate to actual like schoolwork um, on ideal days, you know, on days where it's not, oh, we have, you know, she does parkour classes and um, I lead some local groups and stuff. So, you know, when we have those sorts of things, we work those in the morning um, also, which means our schedule's a little uh, where, you know, we ideally it would be, we would do this work five days a week and stretch it all out, but occasionally you kind of get squished into, you know, Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday. So we leave a lot of flex room mm. um, to be able to do that. And then I'm working in the afternoons. Um, and then she, we do some things after work, depending on what's going on. Um, she does uh we run a book club for homeschoolers out of the one story work at so we do that at night even though it's homeschoolers um just because that way my daughter can participate mm-hmm. so when you're when you're at work then your kids are with your with their dad uh no actually i would really luck out my mom lives a mile away oh nice so and she doesn't mind that i can drop them off over there and then my 15 year old um is fine hanging out by himself for a little bit after ah. school so he can he gets dropped off right at our house, thankfully. Ah. Um, so and we have you know talked about um, because I also used to be a veterinary technician. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but that takes a, that's much more of a full time job, 
and you know we have tried to work at it. If I was to go back to doing that, you know, how would that be possible? Um, and along the same lines, uh, I used to work three days a week, but I did 14-hour days. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was really long days, but then I had four <laughs> days off in between. Yeah. Um, so you know, we have said if I ended up having to go back to work full time as a veterinary technician, we would probably still be able to keep up homeschooling and just have that kind of be our weekend. Um, with the kids and then fit it in with the other four days of the week. Ah, very cool. So um, what advice would you offer to someone who's working full-time and would like to homeschool their kids? Stay really flexible. (laughs) Um, It's definitely something to work around. And I guess I think one of the hardest things is that we do see a lot of things that we would love to do, and it's just I'm working when it's happening. And... um, so, you know, the ways we found around it is they're planning our own stuff and inviting people to things when we can do them, which has actually worked out wonderfully. Um, or just having to accept that, you know, we can't do everything. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so very much. This was really awesome. We get a lot of people asking us here and there about um, if it's possible to work outside the home while homeschooling their kids. And it's really cool to hear all the stories because they're all so completely different. You know, the third person we interviewed today and each story was so completely different and every story we hear online is really different. So it's nice to know that there's so many options out there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for, I think we probably would have homeschooled earlier if I realized that it was possible to do it while I was working. Um, you know, so, cause you don't hear about it a lot when you look no. at homeschooling though. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And have a great end rest of your, I guess it's nighttime, your time, isn't it? Yeah, it's after eight now. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> great. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So now we have Pam with us. So, Pam, welcome. Thank you. Uh, so glad to talk to you today. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family, uh, your children and their ages or grades and where you live? All right. Um, I live in Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, I have six kids. They range in age from 25 down to three. Whoa, big range. <laughs> yeah, we have a. We actually have kind of two families. Um, we have a 13-year gap between the first three and the little three. Ah. So it's kind of crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I um I homeschooled the three big guys. Um. The, my oldest son and two daughters and graduated them all and now we're on round two again and we're homeschooling the the ones that are old enough to be in school they're eight six and three the mm-hmm. little and I have three little boys at home so so how long have you guys been homeschooling uh we start homeschooling when our oldest was in grade five so about 15 years Oh, that's a long time. That is a it, long time. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you choose to homeschool? Um, it started out our youngest daughter had a lot of environmental and food allergies. And um, the school wasn't, um, at that time, like 15 years ago, um, the schools weren't peanut free. And they weren't willing to make some of the concessions she needed to be safe. Plus the environmental allergies, uh, chalk dust, et cetera, made her, 
made her very sick all the time. Oh. So we brought her out and then our oldest son, he said, well, she's coming home. I'm coming home because he was bullied her horribly. And then our middle daughter came home just by default. I figured, well, if I had two at home, they were all going to be home. Right. So yeah, and that's how we kind of got started. And it became a great way of life for us. And when we had the younger three, it just really wasn't a question then if we were going to homeschool or not. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Awesome. So what educational philosophy do you follow, if any? Um, I don't really follow one other than, you know, I just really believe that kids learn a lot by playing and just being. So um, we do... I mean, our school is really loose. We don't do a lot of formal school when they're little. We kind mm -hmm. of do reading and math, and then we kind of just play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. So do you yeah. use any sort of a plan or a planner? Or are you just kinda... um, No. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I... Yeah. Um, I guess my theory is I don't see the need when most of the stuff you just, if you didn't get it done the day before, you just finish it the next day sort of thing and <laughs> you really don't need to write that down. Yeah. So are you using curriculum then? Uh, you're just kind of following the order of the... We use, uh, we use a math curriculum and sometimes we use a science curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pick and choose. About the only thing we consistently use a curriculum for is our our math and um, and some of our religion studies. So mm -hmm. yeah, cool. So um, are you involved in any local homeschooling groups up there in yeah. Canada? <laughs> yes. Um, in our, in our city, we have we have a couple of groups, and um, our we have one really big all-encompassing Christian group that I belong to mm -hmm. and it's um I'm, I'm not very active in it I join it I joined it and a lot of people join it because we get a lot of benefits being in that big group where we're able to access tours and stuff as classrooms for a huge discount or gymnastics and stuff like that so that's nice and then um, I'm more active in a in a smaller uh, Catholic group. Um, I've been one of the coordinators on and off of that group for 10 years. <laughs> so <laughs> varying levels of duties from leading the entire group to this year. I just kind of do their uh, um, programs or uh phone lists and stuff so I have a lesser role this year ah. so and we we go to more of their activities it's a smaller group and that's where our closer friends are and stuff so yeah awesome. and so can you tell us a little bit about your work my work um well I work the midnight shift <laughs> so I work I leave my house about 11 o'clock at night and um, I work till late in the morning. What do you do? I'm an after hours receptionist, which means oh. I pretty much sit there all night and do nothing. Nice. I get paid for it. That's awesome. I would love that job. 
Um, I, I basically take calls for um, a heavy equipment um, dealer here in the city. And uh, if, if there's an emergency, if somebody needs over like emergency parts or service, then I put them through to the um, corresponding branch across Canada. So, yeah. And it's a really simple job. And then I do a little bit of data entry as well. But um, that's really minimal because the system is down most of the night. So hmm. so I do a little bit when it comes back up. But it's it's a pretty slack job. <laughs> perfect. <So. laughs> Sounds like a perfect job. <laughs> <laughs> it is and it isn't. <laughs> um, the, the hours are really tough. So. Uh, see, I'm a night owl, so... <laughs> I am to a point too, and uh, but when you have to deal with little kids during the day and try and homeschool them, it it gets tough. <laughs> yes. So and so, I'm hoping to maybe switch to an evening shift for a while here in the next month or two. They're just trying to look for another crazy person who will take the midnight shift. So. <laughs> I volunteer. No. And hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is, you know. So if my kids were bigger, I probably wouldn't be looking at moving off the midnight shift because, you know, it's okay. But when you have to deal with such little guys during the day and trying to school them, it's yeah. it's getting tough after seven months. Oh, I bet. So knowing that there is no such thing as a typical homeschool day, can you tell us right. you know, what a typical homeschool day looks for, like for you and how you accomplish your homeschooling goals while still working full time? Um, well, since September, um, our day looks so different than it ever used to. Um, my boys, uh, my husband gets the, the boys up and he takes them to the neighbors because there's a little bit of overlap between when I get home from work and the time he has to leave for work to be on work at on time. So our neighbor watches them. And so I get home about quarter after eight, eight thirty in the morning and I get the boys and we, they come home and we, um, you know, if, we have a snack or breakfast, depending if they ate before they left. Usually they haven't. Mm -hmm. And um, then they um, then they play for a little bit, and I drink a coffee so I have some motivation <laughs> to get going. <laughs> and then I, I get them up, and I may or may not get them dressed. Depends on the day and how much I want to fight with them. They, they like being in their pajamas and sure. I guess I've just realized that you know what school gets done just as well in their pajamas as blue yeah. jeans so <laughs> we just I'm pretty lax that way it doesn't <laughs> matter to me as long as you've got clothes on your body I don't really care yeah right as long as you're not naked <laughs> Yeah. And um, then we the the two older ones, the eight and six year old, they do a quick piano practice and then we do a little bit of reading and uh, we're kind of working our way through Farmer Boy. So I read that and our three year old sits there and listens to that. And then we we do a little bit of a math after that. And um, we you know, and then it's kind of time for lunch because we don't get school started till about 1030, sometimes 11 in the morning. And then 
I make lunch and the boys play their video games or they build with their Legos or whatever creative thing they decide to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, you know, I mean, they play, they have imaginations. And so we eat lunch and then we kind of just do our own thing in the afternoon. And um, and then about three o'clock, I send them back to the neighbors so that I can go to bed. And I go I to bed sleep. about three. Uh, I was and, just going to say, when do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then my husband picks them up when he gets home about 530. And then my husband takes them where they need to be in the evenings he makes supper and you know does laundry or whatever kind of needs to be done excellent so yeah Yeah. I mean if if my husband didn't help I couldn't do it I'd be just you know it would be just miserable so you know and if if you could see my room I have about four baskets of laundry waiting to be (laughs) folded that's what I do on a Saturday right (laughs) Me too, actually. It's, it's kind of catch up on stuff like that. You know, my boys don't like it when dad folds the clothes because dad gets them all mixed up. And my <laughs> six-year-old says, you know, my six-year-old told me one day, dad needs a break from folding clothes, mom. He's not doing it right. <laughs> so so they prefer when mom yeah. folds and puts away the clothes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So... It sounds like you guys got a system that works really well. We do. We do. Um, you know, for like being a single income family, it's, it's tough. And everything has gotten so expensive in the last couple of years that my husband's income really just wasn't keeping pace anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Things were going up faster than a wage. I'm sure there's so many people that you know, feel that and stuff. And it's, you know, it was, it was difficult. And I know throughout the years, like my husband would sometimes get a second job or whatever to get us over a hump or whatever. And he just said to me, he says, I'm just getting too old to do this anymore. So, so, um, so yeah. And I mean, when he was working the second job all the time, he missed out on a lot of stuff with our bigger kids and stuff. And so, we've kind of switched in that way where I don't go to all the activities, but dad is there this time around. So that's nice. Yeah. He enjoys it and and stuff. And for me, it was, it was a case of two, like I had to give up some of that control and realize that, Hey, dad is capable of doing this and getting them where they need to be. So it was a huge, it was a huge stretch. (laughs) When you've been doing it for, you know, 20 some years, getting everybody where they need to be all the time and to give that up, it's it's different. So what advice would you offer to somebody who works full time who's thinking about that, thinking that they'd like to homeschool their kids? Um, It can be done. Um, (laughs) It's it's not easy. Um, you, um, a lot of, like a lot of blogs and stuff will tell you, you know, if you want to work to hire a housekeeper and stuff, well, I guess my theory is, you know, if you're having to work other, having to work as opposed to wanting to work, that's two completely different things. And if you're in a situation like me where I have to work, Mm -hmm. you can't afford help. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I could afford help, I wouldn't be working. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, and it, yeah. I, I found that very frustrating when I was trying to do some of the research and stuff. And I'm like, well, no, if, you know, I'm having to work because everything's really financially tight. So um, do what you can. Realize that not everything is going to get done every day. I mean, it doesn't anyway. And you really need the support of your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. To um, do that. Like your your spouse is going to have to because I know as as homeschool moms, we tend to do when we're home all the time, we tend to do most of the meals, the running of the kids, the planning of the school, the laundry, the housework, everything right. like that. Your your spouse is going to have to take over right. a lot of it. It 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 just won't work any other way. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do everything. Right. You know, if my husband didn't, you know, take over the laundry, if he didn't, you know, he's taken over, like he makes supper every night, you know, I mean, and some nights it's just pasta and sauce, but you know what? The kids are getting <laughs> fed. Everybody's fed. Everybody's happy. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not saying that because my husband's a bad cook. My husband's actually a better cook than I am, <laughs> but he doesn't get home till five thirty or six. Right. And it's, it's, it's a new normal for us, right? Where you just have to know that if you're relying on your spouse or somebody to get the supper on the table, everything's going to be later. It's going to be simpler meals. And, mm-hmm. you know, the kids have to accept that your husband or or mom, if if she's the, you know, right. full time person and dad's mm-hmm. homeschooling, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you just have to, you have to find a balance and you know the the person who was working outside the home is going to have to pick up right right you know more of what they t- that you did because mm-hmm. you just don't have time to do it because homeschooling is a full-time job it yeah. really is you know and so you're you're essentially you're working outside the home at this job whether it be part-time or full-time plus your homeschooling which is another full-time job so you really have to you have to let some stuff go and it yeah. it can be so hard for some of us right right well, that's good advice definitely you know and um and just know too like i like where we are our regulations are such that I don't have to keep track of days in school or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I I submit an education plan at the beginning of the year. And then at the end of the year, I submit a, um, um, well, there's a variety of uh, options I have for a year end evaluation. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And so like in between, there's really nothing I have to keep track of or anything. So, So I have the flexibility that way that, you know, if we just don't get school done for a day or two or three, it just, I've realized it just really doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like my kids, I would feel differently if they were kind of middle school heading into high school, Mm -hmm. but because they are still so young yet, because we don't do a lot of formal school anyway, missing a day or two is not... You know, it's not the end of the world at this age. Yeah. 
you know, and they learn as they play, which is just what I firmly believe. Oh, absolutely. You know, like they need time to play and discover and stuff. And, you know, I do. I mean, my boys some days play way more video games than they should, which (laughs) I don't like. But there are just some days I'm not into fighting or arguing about it. Pick your battles. Definitely pick your battles. Exactly. And, you know, I just, I'm tired. I've had a long night at work, whatever, you know, and it's just like, whatever. (laughs) Too much, you know. Yep. You know, but then we make up for it other days where we spend extra time, you know, reading or, you know, playing or it's nice to be outside or, or whatever. So, it all balances. Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This is really, really awesome. We really appreciate it. Thank well, you thank so you much. for having me. Um, I discovered your podcast actually when I was looking for something to listen to at my job because like oh. I, said, I, I sit there and I came across them and I, I really like <laughs> them. So, so I, I have a few podcasts that I, I rotate through and stuff, and I'm like, oh, there isn't a new one yet. So. Oh, I know. Yeah, I really we... enjoy yours, and it's it's great. So thank you, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. And um, so I guess that's it. Thanks. Bye. Right, Bye. Thanks. Have a good day. Stay you warm. You too. <laughs> you too. <laughs> All right. Thank you, ladies. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye. So we hope you enjoyed those interviews with three work-outside-the-home homeschooling moms, uh, Kristen, Pam, and Alexis. And thank you again, Kristen, Pam, and Alexis, for letting us interview you. We really appreciate that. It was super awesome. Yes, definitely. And now, Tina, what are you guys reading? Well, we finished the King George book. Um, It's called King George, What Was His Problem? Everything Your School Books Didn't Tell You About the American Revolution by Steve Scheinkin. We are between Harry Potter books, so I like to pick up some nonfiction books in between sometimes or some historical fiction. This one was actually nonfiction and really well written. I talked about it last episode. Um, Finished that up and the kids actually really enjoyed it. It's a a good book that um, I think even some kids might want to read on their own. It's not for younger kids, I would say. It's probably a little too um, advanced for like I don't see Tyrion reading this on his own, but I could see Maven reading it on her own maybe. Um, uh, a humorous look at the American Revolution and um, a really neat portrayal of the of the I want to say characters, but they're not char- historical characters. I guess you'd say mm-hmm. uh, the people who were um, are well known for their involvement in the American Revolution. It does a really good job of humanizing them and seeing things kind of from a from a comedic perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really good book. I highly recommend it. Um, and there, I think that he's got other books also. I'm going to check out some of his other books. I think he covers uh, some other historical events as well. So I want to see what else he's got out there. Um, and then we started reading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire by J.K. Rowling, of course. Um, so that is what we're in the middle of right now. And as most people know, that book is ginormous. So it'll take us a while to get through that one. <laughs> we'll be in Harry Potter for a while. <laughs> Let's see. So that's what we've been reading together, what I read aloud to them at bedtime. And then Maven um, is still working her way through Frost Wolf. I actually saw her sitting there reading it the other day. She actually put it down for a while, but she's reading it again. That's book four in the Wolves of the Beyond series by Catherine Lasky. And then I thought I'd put in here, I should have done this a long time ago because we are always reading 
we read a lot of nonfiction picture books, and that's a big part of our read station is I have all kinds of library books, um, and I gather a lot of nonfiction picture books, which is a fabulous way to learn uh, about a topic through these gorgeous, there's some really gorgeous and cool nonfiction picture books out there. So these are what Maven read since the last episode. Uh, she read the book, Why Don't You Get a Horse, Sam Adams by Jean Fritz which obviously is about Samuel Adams <laughs> and the fact that he didn't learn to ride a horse until he was an adult. Um, a drop of water, which is a book of science and wonder by Walter Wick. Um, who says women can't be doctors? The story of Elizabeth Blackwell. I guess she's one of the first um, female doctors um, by Tanya Lee Stone and birds do the strangest things by Leonora Hornblow. <laughs> <laughs> nice name. She um, uh, Maven says that these were, these were good books, but she doesn't usually go into great detail. She's in that huh, phase, you know, as a teenager where yeah. she doesn't give me lots of responses when I ask her. It's what to fine. Do. <laughs> oh, it's good. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, she, she enjoyed them. So, um, and I haven't actually read many of those books yet. So, <laughs> so I can't say what they're about, but she liked them. So uh, let's see. And then, oh, and she journals about them. So I guess I could look in there, but I'm not going to do that right now. <laughs> Tyrion is still working on A Hero for Wandala, which at this point, I don't know if he's ever going to finish. I keep saying, go read your book. And he's like, I don't feel like it. So he's kind of off track with reading right now. But for his stations, he read uh, some of the nonfiction picture books he read were John Adams, Second President, 1797 to 1801. This is the Getting to Know the U.S. President series by Mike Venezia, which a lot of people might know of. He does a lot of... um, he does a, a whole series of art artist books. He's well oh. known for those. These are those. I'm sure you've seen them before. Um, and uh, he also does scientists and presidents as well. Cool. So um, he read that, and then he also read the same author um, Theodore Roosevelt, 26th president, 1901 to 1909, um, which is the same author and series. And me. Um, I actually listened to The Fault in Our Stars by John Green, finally. <laughs> Loved it. Yes, right? Yes. It was so good. It was really good, and I, I was glad it wasn't, I mean, I expected the ending, so I wasn't, well, not exactly, but sort of, you know what I mean? I'm not going to yeah, say it. Spoil yeah. it for people. Well, I know exactly yeah, I ex- what you mean. <laughs> I knew a, a tearjerker ending was coming, that much I knew. So <laughs> I was watching the movie, and Saren was here, and Saren had only seen the movie, and I was watching it, and she goes, why aren't you crying? And I'm like, oh, I got all my cries out when I read the book. <laughs> yeah. I don't really tend to cry over books, but I did get choked up on it. Um, yeah. Misty. Well. I call it getting misty. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely well written. It makes me definitely want to read more of his books. I just love John Green anyway, but me I wasn't too. surprised. It was not a surprise at all at how well written his books are. Cause he's just brilliant. Um, but now of course I need to go read the rest of his books. Yeah. So, <laughs> are, they, are they all as sad? I hope they're not so sad. <laughs> uh, they all have sadness. Yeah. But he's so funny. It it kind of like it works. Yeah, exactly. It's just so like just fall in love with the characters. It was just fabulous. Uh, Let's see. And I'm still working on the book How to Talk to Children About Art by Francois Barb Gall. Actually, I haven't picked that up on recently. Now I think about it, I better. It's probably going to be due soon. (laughs) Yeah, I got that one because it was recommended in the um, the art lessons that I got recently from Maven. 
So let's see. And I'm also reading, actually, I'm most of the way through Keeping a Nature Journal by Claire Walker Leslie. And I'm learning a lot. And taking, I actually have my notebook open when I'm reading that one. I'm taking notes. Because cool. <laughs> I'm going to start nature journaling with the kids again. And I started listening to the audiobook of Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, How to Stop Yelling and Start Connecting by Dr. Laura Markham. Yelling is actually not a huge problem that I have, luckily, at least not lately. But um, But I figure it's probably got a lot of good tips in it and so far so good oh my gosh it's very well written I'm, I'm really liking not only am I liking the way it's written I like apparently the author did not actually read this audiobook it's somebody else and I really like her voice she's got a really good voice so um that's important to audiobooks it really is <laughs> it makes a big difference so yeah excellent book I highly recommend it um so far I'm I'm a lot of the stuff I already knew but the you know I find parenting books good parenting books should be read over and over again i think so you Mm -hmm. internalize it you know so this is the kind of book that i'll probably keep on my phone and just listen to it from like i'll listen to it all the way to the end and then i'll just start over again you know yeah it's a really good book so anyway that's what we're reading what have you guys been reading well we are still working our way through flight by angie sage (laughs) um the library took it back and i had to get on the wait list again so um which number like is that in the series? Two. <laughs> oh, it's only two. <laughs> We're only on number two. Um, that would be the Septimus Heap series. Yes, yes, it would. Okay. Um, and uh, we're enjoying it. Um, we're almost done with it, so I can order um, book three. I just find it's easier for me when I'm reading to the kids to read off the Kindle, so then I don't have to have my freaking reading glasses on and <laughs> <laughs> the, that whole uh, rigmarole that I have to go through to actually be able to read a printed book. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I have to like sit with the right light and. Oh, it's awful. I'm going <laughs> You're getting <blind>. old. <laughs> I am. Well, it's not just that. I mean, I've I, my eyesight's been going since I was. I started wearing glasses when I was like seven. So, uh-huh. um, how does that? How's that reading aloud going with your dyslexia? Um, it goes pretty well actually because I find um, the way I have my Kindle set up with the text being my text is huge. Like people across the room probably could read my books. <laughs> And um, I find that works really well. Plus, the kids are really forgiving when I say something wrong and they go, oh, I, I always go, oops, sorry, which uh-huh. is like dumb. Why am I apologizing to my right. kids because it's I messed something up? But it's habit. Yeah. And so I say, whoops, sorry. And I go back and reread the sentence if I've made a mistake. And they're really super forgiving of that. Mm-hmm. So um, they understand that mommy's not doing it on purpose to annoy them. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing that since, you know, they were babies. I, well, actually, I think I started doing it when Danielle was old enough to point out that I had read something wrong. <sighs> Prior to that, I would just keep going because they didn't know. <laughs> and usually what I say sort of makes sense, sort of. So, yeah. um, you know, it was easy to, to just kind of gloss over it when they were small. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Jack-Jack. Um, oh, I didn't, I didn't add the, I need to add, oh no, I've got the Henry Winkler, no, I need to add the Henry Winkler book because it's not here, um, that I talked about earlier, but he also read Attack of the Clones by Elizabeth Dowsett, which Mm -hmm. is one of those DK readers, and, um, he's been reading the Lego Adventure books one and two (laughs) by Megan Rothrock. Not a lot of reading, more pictures, but it's different stuff you can make with your Legos. He's really, um obsessed with legos and star wars right now not necessarily lego star wars but legos and star wars <laughs> so <laughs> i've been getting a lot of all the dk readers from the library i think i've i've ordered all of them oh and he also read uh the big battle um it's a big hero six book i don't know if you've seen big hero six yet no oh my gosh super 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 cute movie um it's um it's awesome uh, so I need to add this book to the list, too. Uh, the Big Battle, Big Hero 6. It's a Disney step into reading book. 
Um, oh. And he enjoyed that quite a lot. And Danielle just started The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Um, she's been asking to read it for quite a while, and I kept saying no, I kept saying no, I kept saying no. And then I thought, you know what? I was reading Stephen King at her age, so <laughs> The Hunger Games isn't really that bad by comparison. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and I seem to have turned out mostly, mostly okay. So <laughs> She's your daughter. She's not going to be normal. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> So I'm currently listening to a, Sor- a Storm of Swords by George R. R. Martin, which is part of the Song of Ice and Fire series, which most people probably know better as the Game of Thrones. Um, this book is about, like, I don't know, I was trying to look at the, there's no time to show me exactly how long it is, but I'm guessing by how other books I've listened to, this probably is about 40 hours long. Yes. Yeah, so it's going to take me a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I finished reading Revival by Stephen King. That's his newest book. Really super good. And uh, Maplecroft by Sherry Priest, which is a really interesting book about um, a fictionalized universe in which after the trial, Lizzie Borden sort of, you know, Lizzie Borden took an X, that Mm -hmm. Lizzie Borden, started kind of like her and her sister are fighting supernatural things that are going on in their hometown and being not appreciated because everyone in town thinks she killed her parents. So it was really good. Um, really well written and I really quite enjoyed it but I like those kind of books so mm-hmm. take that with a grain of salt and I started The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer which is based uh, it came out of her TED talk that she gave and it's about you know um, asking for help and, and how you go about doing that and how it's okay to do that and um, literally I have like looked at the cover and, and turned the first few pages. So can't say much more about it than that other than I adore Amanda Palmer and I can't imagine that she would do anything that I wouldn't absolutely adore. So um, that's about it for us. And speaking of books, if you're planning on purchasing any of the books we just mentioned from Amazon or Audible, please consider clicking through our affiliate links in the sidebar on our website at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. We have links to Amazon, Audible, Discount School Supply, Kerclick, and more. It won't cost you anything extra, and it helps support the show. Yep. Yep. So, Tina, tell me about your link of the week. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show before, but I know that I had discovered it before because it wasn't brand new to me, but I rediscovered the Young Indiana Jones Adventures and found, again, that there's this fabulous website called Indie in the Classroom. So it's IndieInTheClassroom.com, and the link will be in the show notes. Um, so, first of all, Young Indiana Jones Adventures, um, the chronicles of our favorite archaeologist adventurer, Indiana Jones, as a child. And his parents, um, actually his dad is, I think, a professor, and he gives talks um, no, I guess he wrote a book. I'm trying to remember exactly how the whole thing started. I think it's because his dad wrote a book and he was really popular. And so he's asked to give like talks all over the world. So they take the family on the road and they bring a tutor who apparently was his dad's tutor when he was in school as well. Um, so Indy is homeschooled and um, although very um, school at home, like, she even has a chalkboard and everything, like doing lectures. Yeah. It's very early 1900s homeschooling, which would have been a completely different world than ours now. So, um, but anyway, he's um, traveling all over the world and having all kinds of crazy adventures with his family and meeting kids in every country he goes in. He makes a friend, uh, either kid or an adult, um, and lots of historical figures. So I've only just started watching. I'm up to episode four. 
four. I don't think I've even finished four yet. Um, each episode is an hour and a half long also, which is really cool. I like mm-hmm. long episodes. And um, so I decided um, to start chronicling this actually on my blog because there's some parts in some of the episodes that are a little disturbing that I want to remember to skip over or mute or whatever um, for my kids. And I figure other people might actually benefit from that as well. Um, so I'm blogging about it on homeschoolrealm.com and there is a wonderful website, which back to the link of the wink, Indie in the Classroom, gives you all kinds of further, like digging deeper um, resources so that you can dig into whoever he met that episode. They've got like documentaries and information and links to activities and all kinds of interesting stuff and they break it down by each episode. So, like, for example, let's see, volume one, um, yep, they sit here and they go through each chapter, which is each, each chapter is an episode. The, they break it down and they tell you who all is in each episode. Um, so, like, the very first episode, he meets T.E. Lawrence, uh, a.k.a. Um, Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia? Is that what his name is? Yeah, Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. yeah, and Howard Carter, who's a famous archaeologist, from that time and um, the next one he meets um, Pablo Picasso nor- oh oh my gosh this was fabulous Norman Rockwell young Norman Rockwell Lucas Haas he's, nice. like, he's like 15 I think in this he's really young still <gasps> oh my god as soon as I saw him I'm like oh my god that's Lucas Haas and um, adorable and he's Norman Rockwell so, tr- so Indy is traveling all over Paris with Norman Rockwell and getting into all kinds of trouble of course because he's always getting into trouble <laughs> but um, Pablo course. Picasso is a drunk f- crazy maniac and, <laughs> and um, just, just crazy stuff happens it's, it's fun it's so fun and he also meets Theodore Roosevelt and I don't know who this is Frederick Sellis I've never heard of that name before. I'll have to look him up. Um, in chapter th- uh, three, this is the one that I think I'm going to actually uh, skip, though, because I was talking to Becky about this before we started recording. The whole thing is, uh, well, not whole thing. It's about love and infidelity. <laughs> and I don't really know that infidelity really needs to be an educational list- lesson for children. So episode three, I would screen first, <laughs> yeah. which is The Perils of Cupid. And in it, Indy falls in love with a a, a Russian princess, which is adorable and, and cute. But then his mother is um, seeing Puccini on the side. <laughs> Well, his dad's out of town. And so I'm like, uh, really? Did you need to do that in a kid's show? I don't know. We might skip that entire episode because it just doesn't seem to have as much um, educational content in it. Um, but anyway, so there's little things here and there throughout the series that um, it's. I think it's really good to, to have a heads up about in case you might not want your kids exposed to it or just to be able to talk to them about it ahead of time, you know, that kind mm. of thing. And in this website, um, they give you all kinds of, of details um and they they detail out all the historical people and they give you let's see they've also give you um links to other documentaries to watch more and it's all detailed out on the page on the pages for each episode so it's it's like all in one place and they even have lesson plans that you can click on and go and check out i don't know how good the lesson plans are yet i haven't looked into them but um but there's all kinds of information on this website and there's an educator toolkit and there's adventure logs and I'm just, I'm totally excited about the series and ready to see what's going to happen to Indiana Jones next because it's just adorable. And um, 
a lot of fun. So uh, right now he's tr- oh he just met Tolstoy. <laughs> he's in mm-hmm. Ru- he's in uh, Russia. Russia that would be Russia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he met Tolstoy and oh my goodness Tolstoy the guy who plays Tol I I feel like the guy who plays Tolstoy might be one of the guys. Well, it would have been. Well, depending on what year it was made, I'm not sure, but he looks an awful lot like Dumbledore to me. <laughs> it might be the same actor. I don't know if it's the one who died or the one that didn't die, but um, anyway, he's he's hysterical. The guy who portrays Tolstoy, <laughs> love it, absolutely love it. But there are scenes like there's a whole scene in there when the Cossacks he's he's hanging out with um, gypsies and Cossacks come in and just just burn down the whole town and there's lots of screaming and there's people getting hit with swords and stuff. So keep that in mind and I'm going to be blogging about it. And um, I, I miss disturbing content. There's also a whole thing where he's traveling with Thomas, um, not Thomas, I was going to say Thomas Jefferson, with Theodore Roosevelt, who's hunting endangered species. So well, but, you get but, to talk about that. And yeah, that's what, kind of a Teddy Roosevelt thing, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Exactly. But I'm just saying, like, people are going to want to know this ahead of time, I think, for, for kids who are super sensitive. And um, uh, it's going to be def- definitely some. There's only a couple of things that I think I might skip over. Like, there's a, a burned body at one point that I think would probably upset my son But um, in, in the Egyptian episode. But, um, but anyway, so just as so you know, little kids, make sure you know what's in it first if you have young kids and sensitive kids you might want to check it out first pre-screen always a good idea to pre-screen everything good idea so um but lots and lots of information and um activity ideas and um other resources on this website it's really awesome i've only just started scratching the surface of it it looks like it's got all kinds of great stuff in it i'm so excited to explore it with my kids we've already got enough stuff going on right now so this is going to wait until later but i'm just exploring it myself right now yeah. So fun. So so what have you got for your link of the week? Well, first I have to go back. Um, Tolstoy was not uh, Dumbledore. He was Alfred Pennyworth from the oh. old Batman uh, movies, Batman really? and Robin, Batman Forever, Batman Returns. Maybe it's just because he had long white hair and he has an old face. <laughs> it was just, yeah. he, he looked a lot like Dumbledore to me, but he yep, just no, resembled him. Of course I looked it up. It was Michael <laughs> of course. Gough, G-O-U-G-H. Okay. Um, he did pass away in 2011, but he played uh, Alfred Pennyworth in the older Batman movies. Oh, the Butler? Is that the Butler? The Butler, yeah. Okay. Alfred. I don't know. I'm not. A big, I'm not a big superhero <laughs> fan, you know. <laughs> but I, 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 at least I knew that. <laughs> that's true. Okay. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably where you recognize him face his face from. Maybe. So I don't know if I've ever seen any of that. But okay. oh, come on! They're the old Batman movies. The old like old ones. I don't know. Oh yeah, ones. I think I've seen the, the new ones with Michael Keaton and, and. Oh, those. Yes, I did see those. Yeah. Okay. Good. So there you go. And I, I wouldn't. I was thinking old, like the old TV show. Old. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> like like the old Batmans where Alfred stayed the same, but Batman kept changing. <laughs> I know. Why do they do that? <laughs> I, don't, I think they were just looking for the right one, and then they found Christian Bale, and it was all over. So <laughs> there you go. Okay, so I am a good, super, a big superhero fan. So that's you know. You had to had to know that. Yes. Anyway, so my link of the week is um, Nash. The National Alliance of Secular Homeschoolers is having a free teleconferences during School Choice Week, and yours truly and my co-hostess with the most is <laughs> Tina are going to be speaking on Friday. 
Uh, this is Friday, January 30th, um, and we are going to be in the roundtable discussion about um, socialization dun, dun, dun. and the uh, dreaded yes. S word. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a free teleconference that you just have to register for and show up. It uses um, Uber Conference, which is kind of a, um, a program that allows people to sp- all speak in one kind of I don't know, cyberspacey kind of way. I'm not exactly sure that I'm describing it well, but Google Hangouts. It's, yeah, it's like a Google Probably Hangout. A more professional, more higher quality, I would imagine. Exactly. So um, we will be speaking on Friday, January 30th, as I said. And um, please come and hang out and ask questions. This is a really good opportunity to ask questions live mm-hmm. and have them answered. If for one, whatever reason you can't make it, you can also email your questions in uh, to nashmemberservices at gmail.com. And the, after the fact, the live recordings will be made available um, for later download. So if you can't make it on Friday, to, and there's actually um, conference uh, conferences going on all week, um, but by the time you listen to this, several of them will already be done, um, and we are only participating in Friday's roundtable discussion. Mm-hmm. So I think that covers everything that we were going to talk about today. I think so. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. And you can find the show notes specific to this episode at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 51. And while you're on our site, you can drop us a note or a voicemail and let us know if you have any ideas for show topics or guests. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week and come back and take a break with us again next time. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Oh, I got my 2015 Create Your Shining Year Life, then, wait, Create Your Shining Year Life Plus Biz work, Workbook. I can say this. Let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was really awkward. Because we get a lot of questions from time to time. Um, people, that makes no sense. <laughs> I know. A, a lot, lot of questions time from time to time. time. <laughs> well, I don't like that. Hold on. <laughs> Kid. Ugh, the kid. <laughs> the kid. It's the kid. Oh, wait, we haven't finished. We still have to do our outro. No, we haven't finished, but, you know. <laughs> oh, I already forgot. I'm like, little, little. Alright, well, let's finish them. Okay. I hope I finished that. Now I don't remember. <laughs> and Tina makes the deck noise. <laughs>